Life Audio. Welcome to the Real Refreshment Podcast. Join us as we dive into motherhood at the foot of the throne with your host, Rachel Carmen. If you are tired, overwhelmed, and feeling alone, this is the place for you. A place for real moms with real stories seeking real refreshment found only in the living God. Take a minute to visit rachelcarmen.com and join the community of Real Refreshment listeners who are taking the dare to be in the Word as a top priority in the journey of motherhood. All right, let's kick off this latest episode of the Real Refreshment Podcast. Here's your host, Rachel Carmen. Hey there, everyone. I've been usually saying, hey there, moms, and someone recently said to me, don't limit your audience just to moms, especially with this Advent series we've been doing. Today, we're going to do installation number four. So if you are just joining us, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to the Advent series parts one, two, and three, because today... We're sort of landing in the middle of the story, and certainly you can pick it up here if you'd like to, but this has been so remarkable, and I hope that it is blessing you the way it is blessing me to take a deep dive into the people and the places that were involved that God wove into this story. It's it's overwhelming to me to consider that the Almighty Sovereign of the universe invites you and me into His story. And we have that precedent set throughout Scripture over and over and over. God's not just doing what God's going to do. He doesn't work that way. He works by inviting us to be a part of what He's doing. And it's just glory. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of the Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Yes. One of the most powerful things about the Bible, I think, is its rawness. 
You've heard me say that before, probably over and over and over. It's not a hallmark story, right? Ultimately, Christ returns, his second coming, and he returns to take us home. And that is the ultimate redemption and the ultimate consummation and glorification. And it's an awesome ending to this story. But in the meantime, things are messy and things are hard and things are challenging, and we hurt, and we cry. Yes, we have joy and celebration along the way, but it would be foolish for us to think that it's always that way, because it's really not. Right now, we are in a cosmic battle fought in the physical realm, and we've got to make sure that we're engaged in that. And we've got to make sure that we remember that God goes before us, walks with us, and comes behind us. So, As we pick up this series today, part four of the Advent series, today we are talking about unnamed shepherds keeping watch. Another one of my things about scriptures that is fascinating to me is the Word of God is inspired. It's the inspired Word of God. Men were directed by God, inspired by God to write down his story, which we refer to as Holy Scripture. And yet, there are so many interesting details that are left out. I am confident that none of the individuals in Scripture for whom we have no name given, it's not because God doesn't know their name or forgot their name, right? It's because for some reason that I don't know, we don't we don't get their name, right? So I think it can be one thing, it, it doesn't matter, right? Maybe we would be distracted by the name, I don't know. But I, to me, there's another thing that's possible, and that is, it's one of those moments in Scripture where it's like your name here. So consider, if this was you, if this was your moment, if you were this person that we don't have a name for, try to put yourself into this situation and consider this situation. Try to let it engulf you. Try to really lean in and imagine what it would be like to be in this moment and how you would respond. What response would have been most honoring to God? And let's look at how this person responded, right? And I just will tell you off the bat, I love these unnamed shepherds. I I just really, my heart is really with them. And I think it is yet another remarkable component of this story, the advent of our Lord, when God came down, when he sent his only begotten son, begotten, not made, to come down and tabernacle with us, God in human flesh, in the form of a baby, God sent his only son into the world. And the way he got here, the way he came in such humble circumstances to such a humble young couple, in such a humble location as a stable and a manger, the two of them alone, right? And then who is it first announced to? I mean, this is just glorious. It is just remarkable to me that the first announcement of the arrival of the Christ child is to shepherds. So if you have your Bible or if you want to mark down what our passage is for this study today on the podcast, we are in Luke chapter 2, and we're going to drill down into verse 8 through 20. And so again, our verse 8 begins, in the same region, there were some shepherds. 
Ah, I love that. In the same region. So if we go back to the beginning of chapter two, we've just read about the actual um, birth of the Christ child. And again, I covered that in the first three of this series. So go back and listen to that. But it's interesting to me that, you know, around that same place is what scripture says. In that same area where Jesus has been born in a stable, laid in a manger, in swaddling clothes by Mary, and Joseph is with her, in that same area, it says right here in the passage, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. So I want us to just sit and think about this for just a little bit, because I think the whole point of including anything in the Bible is to make a point, right? It's not there accidentally. Every word matters. And so it would behoove us to pay attention to what the words say and to consider what they mean. And so in this particular instance, it, it occurs to me that it, it's important that we understand who these shepherds were. These people, these were lowly people. These were humble people. And it makes a point of saying that they were staying out in the fields Look, shepherds don't live the kind of life where they, you know, get up in the morning out of a very comfortable bed, right? Roll out and go on down and get some coffee and some breakfast and head out to check on the flocks. That that's not that's not how it works if you're a shepherd at this point in time, right? They're not rolling out of a comfy bed. They're not getting a hot cup of joe and they're not just bopping outside to check on the sheep. No, they spent the night with the sheep. That's what they did. Being a shepherd was all-encompassing. This is what they did 24-7-365. These sheep were their charge. This flock was their job. They ate and slept and lived with the sheep. That's what they did. And I find it interesting, it, it actually says, staying out in the fields. They, they weren't going in to a warm, cozy house or sleeping in a warm, cozy bed. That's, that's not what shepherds did. Shepherds knew what it meant to lay down their lives for their sheep. Not just lay down in their lives in order to protect the flock. Of course, they were willing to do that against any kind of a predator or wolves or anything that would want to pick off the sheep or, or the little lambs. They were willing to do that, but they laid down their life every single day. This is what they did. Being a shepherd was what they did. And I, I got to tell you, if you're a mom, you get that, right? That's what moms do. Being a mom isn't something you are clocking in for, right? It's not. <laughs> I know I'm speaking to somebody out there who didn't even sleep very well last night, right? Or maybe I'm talking to a mom today who's already been cleaning up, yeah, something. If you're a mom, it's 24-7, 365. There's no downtime. There's no off days. You don't even get sick days when you're a mom. You, you got to understand that being a mom, being a shepherd, we can see some very real similarities here. Because being a shepherd means you lay down your life. You're, this is what you do. You are dedicated to this cause. You are dedicated to these sheep. And frankly, not unlike small children, sheep are not, they don't have really a great reputation, right? They're, they're not really bright. And my understanding is 
they're kind of stinky and kind of stubborn, right? And some of those characteristics we could very easily apply to young children, right? They don't know better. We as mothers, we're trying to help them, right? We're trying to steer them. We're trying to feed them good food. Come on now. Something other than Captain Crunch every day of the week, right? We're trying to feed them well. We're trying to give them something good to drink. We're trying to nurture them heart, mind, and soul, right? And often they work against us. And this was what the shepherds knew too. And just like shepherds were willing to lay down their lives to eat, sleep, and take care of the sheep, 24-7 moms do that, right? What mom is mad when she needs to get up in the middle of the night when a little tap comes on your shoulder in the middle of the night with a feverish brow? You are happy to get up and take care of that child. It's your child, right? You're happy to nurse a, a wounded toe when they stub their toe outside or a bee sting because you're their mom, That's the kind of love that these shepherds had for their sheep, such that they were staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of the Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. Moms, you know what that means. That's what you and I do. And so I just want you to imagine, Mom... Imagine being a shepherd. Imagine, Dad, if you're listening, or, or students, if you're listening, it's just another night. It's just another night. And I want you to imagine the stillness and the silence and the quiet. See, one of the things that I think is so fascinating about this story is the God of all creation announced the birth of His Son in the setting of creation. In creation, surrounded by the majesty of the starry host, surrounded by the night chorus, right? The creatures of the night, surrounded by the sheep and the shepherds keeping watch. The shepherds were right where they were supposed to be, keeping watch over their sheep, right? And the sheep were doing just what sheep do, right? In this, it's in this moment, just another night that the angels come. And proclaim the good news of the birth. Picking up in verse 9. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were terribly frightened. I love the King James that says, And they were sore afraid. (laughs) It means they were very afraid. They were terribly frightened. We've seen this trend in the other parts of the series we've already looked at. We've had angels, angels, angels. Showing up, an angel, not multiple angels, but an angel has shown up. And what's the first thing they say? Fear not. Fear not, because apparently 
Angels are frightful to see. They are these sturdy, intimidating beings created by God that strike terror in the hearts of men, mere mortals. And the first thing that they say is, fear not. And again, in this instance, in verse 10, that's what they say. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news. I bring you good news. So here you've got these shepherds. The shepherds are just taking care of the sheep, right? Nothing really exciting ever happens as a shepherd. I mean, the most exciting thing is probably a bad thing that happens to a shepherd, right? Some wolf or something tries to pick off, or maybe a bear tries to pick off one of the lambs, right? That's exciting in a not so exciting, great way, right? The birth of a lamb, I would think, would be very exciting. That would be great. But otherwise, I mean, those are probably pretty run-of-the-mill pretty regular things that are going on. But my goodness, this is an angel of the Lord comes to announce this. I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. The angel announces this, what I'm about to tell you, isn't just for you. It's not just for you. It's for everyone. But what? But what's not said a stated here by the angel is, but I want to tell you first. I want to tell you first. It's for everyone, but I've come to tell you first. What an honor. What an honor that the angel of the Lord would come and tell the lowly first. I hope that you're not missing that there is a thread throughout this story, the Advent story, of God working through humility, using people who have chosen to live lives of humility, humble service, humble availability, humble willingness, humble submissiveness, That is a pattern we're going to see, not just in this story, because it continues for parts five and six. There's two more after this one, but it's the whole biblical narrative. Over and over and over, we see a God who goes to people who are humbly available, willing to be humbly submissive to His will and to His use. Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy which will be for all people for today in the city of David, there has been born to you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So what's the good news? The angel comes and says, I've got good news for you, and it's going to bring you great joy, and it's for all people. Good news. It will cause you to rejoice, and it's for everyone. In the city of David, do you see this lineup? What it is, who it's for, where it happened, what's the news? A Savior has been born to you. He is wrapped, it continues. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. So the angel comes and says, a Savior has been born. And this is how you'll know. So, so you don't have to wonder. This is how you're going to know it's the one I'm talking about. The baby I'm talking about, the angel is saying, 
is wrapped in swaddling clothes and it's laying in a manger. Now that, you have to know, would be weird. That would be odd that there would be a baby. It wouldn't be so odd that it would be wrapped in swaddling clothes. That would be like normal culturally. That would be what would be done. But the fact that the baby would be wrapped in swaddling clothes and laying in a manger, that would mean that when the shepherds went to look for this child, they would know that they had found him when they found him lying in a manger. Do you see all of the particulars of this story aren't just random? They're not random. They are all intentional. They all represent significant aspects of this story. And here the angel says, look, he's been born a savior. He's been born to you for all people. And it's in the city of David and he's wrapped in swaddling clothes and you're going to find him lying in a manger. Verse 13, and suddenly there appeared with the angel, a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among men with whom he is pleased. I mean, really. As though it was not enough, overwhelming enough for all of these shepherds, the least of these, that an angel would appear. Now, a multitude of the heavenly host appear and begin praising God. Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth among men with whom He is pleased. The sign of his pleasure is that he would send his son and they're worshiping. They're worshiping. And all of these shepherds, I've got to tell you, not one of them were standing. It doesn't say that in the text, but I can't imagine it would have been possible to see this kind of worship of the Almighty, to be able to be in this moment humbled that the angel would come to you and tell you such great and awesome and remarkable news This is amazing. This is amazing. There's another thread here that you can look for throughout Scripture, and that is this kind of an interruption, right? We see over and over again through Scripture these moments where people are just going along doing what they're doing, and God interjects himself into their moment. And that's what we see here. We see God's heavenly angel, and a host of heaven interjecting into the starry night, the silence, the stillness of this night, announcing and proclaiming the good news of the birth of a Savior. The birth of a Savior. And basically the angel says, look, you don't need to worry about going to a palace to find this Savior. You don't need to worry about searching through all of the homes. Let me just, let me help you. He's going to be in swaddling clothes. He's going to be laying in a manger. So, picking up in verse 14, it says, when the, an- oh, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to each other, let us go. Let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. I love their response here. The, this is just another night that... The shepherds are doing what shepherds do. They are staying in the fields at night while everybody else is cozy at home, right? They're keeping watch over their flocks, and suddenly an angel appears and makes this remarkable announcement to them with specifics, right? 
And then the starry, the heavenly host appear and they're glorifying God. And as soon as all of that has gone back up into heaven, the shepherds are like, we got to go see this. Let's go. Let's do this. Now, what you got to see, shepherds didn't abandon their flocks. And yet, this moment demanded their attention. Their response is, let us go. Don't hesitate. We got to go. We got to go see. We got to go see. When the shepherd, uh, when, let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So, verse 16, the shepherds came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph. It's interesting. The angel didn't mention Mary and Joseph. The angel only mentioned a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes in a manger. But it says they found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. When they had seen this, they made known to the statement which had been told them about the child. So they basically are like, hey, wait, we got to tell you what happened to us. These shepherds, you're not going to believe this, right? You're, you're, you're not going to believe it. I don't know what to say, but like we were out in the fields keeping watch at night because that's kind of like what we do. And then all of a sudden there was this angel and this angel said that a savior had been born and he'd be wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And then the heavenly hosts were glorifying God. And as soon as it was over, we knew we had to come and see and we found you and he's wrapped and laying in a manger. Oh my goodness. I want you to, I want you to see something here. Of course, Mary believed the shepherds. Of course, Joseph believed the shepherds. Do you see? This is an intersection of three who had all seen the angel. Mary had been visited by an angel and invited to be the mother of the Christ child. Joseph had been visited by an angel in a dream and assured that the child within Mary was the son of God. And then the angel had come to the shepherds and proclaimed that the Savior had been born. Of course they believed each other. Of course they did. What a gift. What a gift. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what great rejoicing they must have shared? Because they shared an experience having seen an angel. They shared knowing that this child, this child was going to change everything. This child was the savior of the world. And that meant something. Verse 18, And all who heard it wondered at these things which were told to them by the shepherds. Remember, these are shepherds. They they were not overwhelmingly respected. They were probably often taken for granted. Right? They were doing a job that was necessary, but really nobody wanted to do that job. And they were doing it. And they weren't often respected. And so, yet they were the ones. They were the ones that the good news were told to. And then verse 19, I love this. It says, But Mary treasured all of these things, pondering them in her heart. Can you imagine being Mary? Already so many things have happened. Already so many hard things have happened, right? You agreed to do what God invited you to be a part of, and yet you were probably ridiculed for it. 
you were able to leave your small town and and go with your husband, and yet once you arrived where you were supposed to be for the census, it was time for you to give birth, and you give birth by yourself with your husband to a child. And you've got to be wondering, what is this? What is this? And yet I want you to see all along this road that Mary submitted to being a part of, God met her and affirmed his word to her over and over again. The first time he sends an angel and invites her to be a part, and she says, may it be unto me according to your word, right? That's one, so she has the angel. And then the second time is when she hears of Elizabeth carrying the Christ child, and Elizabeth affirms just when she needs it. She returns back home and is found to be with child, right? And they are going to stone her, right? Because that's what the law said. Because she had, why is she pregnant? She shouldn't have been with anybody yet. She's not married yet. And yet, then an angel appears to Joseph. And it's like God is just saying, I, I got you, Mary. I've got, I've got you, Mary. I've got you, Mary. And then Mary and Joseph together leave, right? They leave to go because of the decree to go to Bethlehem because of the census, right? And, and now your head is spinning. And now you're giving birth by yourself in a strange place in a stable. And God again comes and meets her exactly where she is and affirms, yes, yes. He sends shepherds, having declared the good news of the birth of the Savior to shepherds in the field, keeping watch at night over their flocks. And they have this moment where they're sharing what the angel said to each of them. Wow. Wow. I want you to know, listener, God has a habit of meeting us right where we are. Are, and I don't know where you are today. I don't know if you're in a in a place of celebration. If you are by still waters and green pastures, or if you're in a valley, I don't know. But I know God is with you, and we see evidence of that throughout this story. It's not a smooth sail story. It's not a simple story. It's not an easy narrative. There are hard places. They had to do difficult, challenging things, but God was always with them. God was always with them, never left them. And Mary, it says, pondered these things in her heart. Mom, Dad, listener, you and I would do well to ponder the things of God in our heart, to store up in our heart His provision, His faithfulness, the work that he's doing in our lives and our hearts every day, that we would ponder those, that we would meditate on those things and treasure and store them up, that we would have those things on the ready for those difficult, challenging moments. Verse 20, it says, the shepherds went back. They went back to their flocks. They saw the angel, witnessed the heavenly host, had to go to Bethlehem and see this thing that had happened, And then they went back. How did they go back? It says, verse 20, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen just as had been told them. Wow. Wow. They had seen and they had heard 
and they became witnesses, and they testified to the goodness and the glory of God. Oh, that you and I would follow in those footsteps, that you and I would dare to be witnesses who testify to the goodness and the glory of God. As we're wrapping up today, I have just a few other dares I want to share with you. Number one, let us dare to take care of our flock. Mom, don't ever think that it doesn't matter that you are watching over your flock, that you are living motherhood 24-7, 365. Don't ever think it doesn't matter. He sees and he knows. And every aspect of what you're doing is a glory to God when done for God's glory. Yes, let us dare to take care of our flock and not neglect our flock. Let us dare to keep watch, to really dare to see with our eyes open. And I don't know that there's been a time that it's been easier to be distracted than right now with all of the screens. Let us dare to keep watch, to keep our eyes on what's really going on, to ask God to give us eyes to see and ears to hear, like shepherds. Shepherds had to keep watch. It's hard to keep watch at night when it's dark because that's when your flock is the most vulnerable. Mom, Dad, you and I need to dare to keep watch, to keep our eyes open and to ask God to give us eyes to see what we can't see. We need to also dare to pay attention. Dare to pay attention to the interruptions that God allows into our lives. So often, we'll be going along. I can remember when all the kids were here, and I'd have this glorious, beautiful lesson planned for the day, something that I thought we were going to get done, and some interruption would happen, and I'd get mad at the interruption, right? Instead of seeing it, instead of pausing and going, wait, wait, this didn't surprise God. It shocked me. It surprised me. It frustrated me. This was but from the hand of God. What do I need to see? What do I need to pay attention to in this interruption? Next, let's not delay in going. When we are invited to go and see, or go and do, or go and minister, let us dare to not hesitate to go. Next, let us dare to witness and rejoice. Look, I can tell you that it would take the rest of time for me to recount all of the instances of God's faithfulness in my life. And I'm so grateful to have so many of them. And of all the things that we would talk to each other about or to other people about, people we don't even know, that we would talk about and elevate and rejoice about all that God has done, all of His faithful protection and provision over and over, that we would witness and rejoice. This is the season of celebration. The Lord, the Christ child, has come. He was born in the city of David, Bethlehem, swaddled, lying in a manger, and the announcement of His birth was given to unnamed shepherds, keeping watch over their flocks by night. May we continue to keep watch in anticipation of his second coming. Until then, I'll see you next time for the last two episodes in this series. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed the show. 
If you have a question or comment, we invite you to send it to info at rachelcarmen.com. And while you're at Rachel's website, check out her wonderful resources, including the Word in Motion Bible Curriculum. We want to take a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. Moms, more than ever, we really do need each other. We need to be challenged, and we need accountability in the Word. Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you in the next episode of The Real Refreshment Podcast. Hello, my name is Adam Comer. And I'm Ryan Chittister. And we're the host of Life After Addiction Podcast. If you or someone you love struggles with addiction, check us out, Life After Addiction Podcast, and you can subscribe at lifeaudio.com.